With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 作为父母，我们尽己所能，在这场疫情中保证孩子们的安全。现在，我们有了确保他们更安全的最佳工具。咱们所能做的最为重要的事，就是为孩子接种疫苗来预防COVID-19。疫苗已经被证明对满五周
in for Colin Cowherd on a Monday. So know when Colin was right where Colin was wrong. Although we could have done that. Why didn't we do that? We had this long meeting. It was like a two-hour meeting. And never once did we go, hey, we should do when Colin was right and Colin was wrong. Because Colin was both right and wrong about the Lakers. Like, what do you mean? Well, pick the Blazers until he picked the Lakers to win the series. Hmm. John Hollinger is going to join us, uh, former executive with the Grizzlies. We'll get his take on last night's otherworldly performance by Jamal Murray. I mean, are you are you kidding me, Jamal Murray? Are you kidding me? Remarkable. And like, it wasn't like Donovan Mitchell was bad, just Jamal Murray was a little bit better. The two of them, I mean, uh, Jamal Murray's 9 of 12 from three-point range. That's a good shooting, Dex. More on Jamal Murray to come. Leonard Fournette was cut today. I'll tell you what I think of that in 15 minutes. In one hour, what everyone is missing about the L.A. Lakers. What everyone is missing and has missed about the L.A. Lakers. So we got a lot to get to. Albert Breer will join us. Rich Hornberger, of course, used to play for the Patriots. We'll get his take on on a big injury over the weekend in the the NFL. And we're a week and a half away from the kickoff of the NFL season. But let's get to this. So I was watching Kawhi Leonard play yesterday. And he was magnificent. As he should be, right? Here's a guy who's a two-time finals MVP, the defending finals MVP. And, yeah, I mean, I guess we can make a story of the Marcus Morris uh, flagrant foul, which caused him to get ejected. But I prefer to sit there and tell you that Kawhi Leonard, 33 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists. Remember, he's the guy who was criticized because he wasn't, he's not nearly the passer of LeBron or of Harden or of Luka. His assist numbers have always been down, and now you give him the basketball and you say, hey, go make a play. Guess what? He has, in fact, improved as a passer. What's not seen in these stats is he's a tremendous defensive player. He's versatile. He's good on the ball. He's good in the low post. He's got good long hand, big hands, obviously, long arms. Gets his hands on basketballs. Like, he's he kind of has a game that doesn't have many flaws, if any flaws, and he's in the prime of his career, and I would say that it stands to reason because of the time off due to quarantine, he might be in the best shape physically he's been in in a couple years. So if we start with the premise that, in truth, Kawhi Leonard's the best player in the NBA, and you're like, whoa, whoa, wait a second, Godley. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You were on this show and you said LeBron should be the MVP. He probably won't because Giannis will be the MVP. How can you now flip it and just get all caught up in hyperbole and say Kawhi Leonard's the, mo- the best player? Well, the best player isn't necessarily the MVP. The MVP is the guy who has the best season and his team reflects that season. Right? That, that would probably be, has the greatest impact on his team during the regular season. That's the regular season MVP. And, and my... The reason I like LeBron is not just because of what he's accomplished, but the way in which he's led, what he's gotten out of his teammates, the best defensive team in the Western Conference, the best record in the Western Conference. And while he may not be at the peak of his career, turning around an entire franchise, much because of his play and his leadership, I would go LeBron. People will go Giannis because they had the best record and he's had an unbelievable year. But if you said in one game, who would you want to have most on your team? My answer is Kawhi Leonard at this point, based upon how old LeBron is right now. And I, I find it hard for many people to argue with me because he plays both ends. He's become an efficient three-point shooter. He's a better free-throw shooter than LeBron. He's a better post-scorer than LeBron. 
And and the flaw in his game in comparison to LeBron is he's not the passer of LeBron. That's true. That's fine. But it's not like he doesn't pass, and he does everything else, by my estimation, better than LeBron. At this point, maybe not in totality at peak LeBron, but we're not at peak LeBron. Nobody would argue that. But I was thinking about this. History has a tendency to repeat itself. Right? Those of us who study history know that we study it so that we don't make the same mistakes, yet people do make the same mistakes more than once. Famously, Hitler made the same mistakes as Napoleon. Right? Attacked Russia in the winter, fought a war on two fronts, and lost. There should be a lesson there, but apparently they didn't learn it. We continue to repeat ourselves in terms of government, the things that we do, or in our country, in terms of our social issues. Yes, we've gotten far better than we used to be, but there still are some fallbacks that we go back to. And we're like, man, we've, we've actually seen this before. And the NBA is just like that. I don't know how much longer LeBron James plays. Um, if you compare this age to Jordan's age, Jordan was still the best player in the league, but he did it a lot of it with his might, with his mind, with his guts, with his competitiveness. And then he retired only to come back later when he was an executive with the Wizards. LeBron feels like he's going to try and continue to play, maybe until Bronny is potentially ready to be in the NBA. Although that, uh, you know, it's hard for me to judge because I did see Bronny play uh, his last high school game of the season. He barely got in. His team won the championship against modern day. But, you know, he's 14 years old. He's only going to get better. And he continues to improve in leaps and bounds. But if we would admit that LeBron is at the tail end of a magnificent career and he has been overall the most or second most popular player throughout his run, I would say Steph Curry is the only other one that comes into comparison to his stratosphere in terms of popularity. I'm, I'm wondering if the NBA is going to, in fact, repeat itself. All right, I want you to stick with me for a second, right? Like, I'm watching Kawhi Leonard. And he dominates the game as they eliminate the Dallas Mavericks four games to two. Luka is amazing to watch. He's a tremendous player. He's just not as good at both ends as Kawhi Leonard is. Even if shot-making, passing, he might actually be better in those two aspects in comparison to Kawhi. But if Kawhi becomes the best player in the league and the Clippers become the best team in the league, while they're not as milk toast as the Spurs were, with the best player being a guy who we got to drag a quote out of, there are some similarities. And then you factor in the rest of the league and how it's viewed by the mainstream public. If you look back on the 90s, the mid-90s and late 90s, when Michael Jordan retired, his last game with the Chicago Bulls was the biggest, there has not been a viewing audience as big since he retired. That was peak of popularity at the, for the last 20 years in the NBA. But when he left, well, that's 30 years, I guess. When he left, there was a void. And what was it replaced by? What was it replaced by? Remember, Michael Jordan used to wear a suit and tie to every game, to every press conference. Now, after he left, guys were a lot more casual. Guys wore whatever they wanted. And it kind of spiraled out of control. David Stern stepped in, put down a dress code. He was called a racist, still is called a racist because of it, or that it has racial undertones because of it, when the truth is that the league went from the most popular professional sports league 
in the country to the second or maybe even third best. Remember steroids, home run chase, baseball went through a run of being very, very popular, especially 2000 through 2004 or five Yankees, Red Sox, unbelievable for the sport. So basketball was at its peak with Jordan. He retires. Who was he replaced by? Well, arguably the best player in the league was Tim Duncan, who was great at both ends of the floor, who was efficient, who had no issues, who simply played and played to win and was not quotable, even if he was incredibly likable. Doesn't that sound a little bit like Kawhi Leonard? Right? And then the rest of the league and how it was viewed in terms of pushing the envelope. And if you didn't like the way in which they dressed or they acted or the things they said, you, you were called a racist or you're racially insensitive. It, it became a little bit divisive. Look, I don't think David Stern was a racist for trying to make guys more acceptable to the mainstream public. To the, to the, and I do think that some of our views on that have changed, right? Like you go back to 2000 and now very few people wear suit and tie to work. Very few people even wear, wear a, you know, you wear jeans with a sport coat. We, what is some of the most expensive shoes you can buy and that men wear are in fact sneakers. Sneakers have become very acceptable in the workplace. But instead of being viewed based upon how we dress now, sometimes now it's our political affiliation or it's just a way in which we purport ourselves in terms of what's important to us. Again, I'm not sitting here attacking NBA players for their views or their outspokenness on their views. What I'm simply telling you is, if you think all the customers take it the same way, you're wrong, which is the exact same thing as when guys were dressing in whatever gear they wanted to. At the Look, I was in and then out of college at the time, and the clothes they wore were the clothes that many of them I wanted to wear. But it was how it, how it landed with middle America. And that, that combined with essentially a mute superstar in Tim Duncan, combined with other factors, baseball and home runs and steroids, and football suddenly gaining in popularity because of fantasy football and gambling, etc. And of course, the red zone, red zone, I think, changed football and how it's viewed forever. What, I can watch all the games and never change the channel? Yes, please. And here we are again where basketball is not at the same level of popularity as it was back with Jordan, but still very popular. We're a week away from it competing with the NFL during their playoffs and the NFL's kickoffs to their season at the exact same time. Look, I'm not sitting here predicting gloom and doom, but if there is gloom and doom... I think you can see the parallel as to why. And that's no disrespect to Kawhi Leonard, who is magnificent, much like Tim Duncan was magnificent. Kawhi has to do a lot. He's their best player. Paul George is up and down. Uh, something, Something's going on there with his mental health. Lou Williams has never truly non- understood how to win, and so there's some flaws there, even though he's a great scorer. They don't have great interior play. Maybe that matchup hurts them against. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. 
<sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Lakers, I, I can't tell you, but what I can tell you is if you ask people, hey, who's the best player in the league? One, you have to play both ends, and Luca and some of those others do not. He does. He's a tremendous scorer who's learning to be a passer. He's a great rebounder. He's your best player. But I don't know how it lands with the American public if that's the way we go. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Here's a blast from the not-so-distant past. Leonard Fournette was released today. Leonard Fournette was released today, which I guess we're supposed to be surprised by, but we really shouldn't, right? I mean, look, um, the the Jaguars general manager is a guy named David Caldwell. He's in his eighth year. That's kind of remarkable, right, considering the ups and downs of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll get to that later in the show. But uh, David Caldwell said, hey, look, we tried to trade him. We tried to trade him for basically anything, anything anybody would give us. And we couldn't get anything for him this offseason. Nothing. Fifth round pick, sixth round pick, seventh round pick. Now, part of it is he makes $4 million before being waived. And if he's signed off waivers, he'll make that $4 million. If not, clears waivers, then you know, all bets are off. What's interesting about Fournette is if if I told you, or I maybe I asked you, how many catches did you think Leonard Fournette had? Leonard Fournette had. Um, last year, he had 76 receptions. Like, he has, a, he has a reputation of a guy who, well, you know, he really can't catch it out of the backfield. Now, I don't know about his blocking. I'm guessing it's not great because if he catches 76 times out of the backfield, uh, that would stand, it would stand a reason, stand a reason that you'd be pretty effective. In 15 games last year, he ran for over 1,000 yards, 
In 15 games last year, he had 76 catches. Granted, only 522 yards. So why would Jacksonville, and by the way, um, they traded Ngakwe around uh, to the Minnesota Vikings earlier yesterday. And now they outright release Leonard Fournette. So they are cleaning house. But why would you get rid of Ngakwe, who's on a franchise tag, and he took $6 million less to be a Viking? And then why would you cut Leonard Fournette? Well, Yannick Ngakwe was seen as a pain in the butt. Right? It was. He wanted a huge contract. He complained openly on social media. He wasn't happy in Jacksonville. Then you got Fournette. They declined his fifth-year option, which means he would have been a free agent at the end of this year. He had complained openly about the team. And now he gets cut. What does it mean? He's a 1,000-yard back entering his fourth year in the league. He had 76 catches last year. And I know that you think of him and you're like, well, he's Adrian Peterson in that he doesn't really catch it out of the backfield. But last year, obviously, statistically, says otherwise. Now, he doesn't have this he doesn't have the burst of Christian McCaffrey. He's not a matchup mismatch out if you line him up out wide. He's generally a typical downhill, one cut, old school running back at, who's added the ability to at least catch the football out of the backfield to his game. Why is he gone? They don't like him, or he doesn't like being there. And if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you know this is a rebuilding year. You're the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you said to yourself, hey, if we're going to be bad, at least we're going to enjoy going to work. Whether it's the players voting you off the island, as they did with Earl Thomas, or whether it's the team just saying, it's going to be a tough year, we don't need a guy who doesn't, or two guys who don't want to be here, let's just vote him off the island kind of quickly. That matter how talented you are. You're not seen as a great teammate in the NFL these days. Culture wins. It absolutely wins. You have to be so incredibly good or have such a ridiculously untradeable, uncuttable contract that they won't move on from you. Otherwise, culture wins. That's what the that's what the Leonard Fournette thing. He's not hurt. He can catch. He can run. He's not making a ton of money. What is it? Got to be personality. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. So the Lakers on Saturday night, dispatched of the Portland Trailblazers. In the, I don't hate to say I told you so, I did in fact tell you so. The NBA's playoffs don't always come down to who wants it more, right? Like, oh God. If I hear it, if if you're a paid broadcast, it goes like, you know, it just comes down to who wants it more. Or it's a make or miss league. It's a make or miss league. That's... Profound. Profound. Colin, uh, help me out, Goulet. Did he pick the... I thought he picked the Blazers. There's like video of him picking the Blazers to win the series. But I believe there was also a segment in which he picked the Lakers to beat the Blazers. He picked the Blazers, and then after watching the Blazers against the Grizzlies in that play-in game, said the Blazers are too tired, I'm taking the Lakers. Now, it must have been a text from me. I said him. Look, what what happens in the NBA playoffs are basically decided by these factors, right? Injuries. And how many different playoff series have been decided because a guy gets hurt in the middle of them or before them? Injuries. 
um, matchups and uh, on some level conditioning. You know, Jokic at sea level obviously doesn't seem to be laboring as much as he does when he's above sea level. But there have been times in the past when Jokic in the playoffs looks like he's just dead on his feet. And the Portland Trailblazers, a team that had to win, I think, what, six of their eight games in order to get in the play-in game. They won the play-in game. I told you that the two reasons that I thought they would lose in four or five to the Lakers was very simple. One, they're out of gas. And two, they they didn't have they're not built to match up with LeBron. They're not built to match up with Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis had 43 on 18 shots. By the way, that's those are crazy numbers. 43 on 18 shots. And LeBron Hoham had 36 on 19 shots. Four set 10 assists, 10 rebounds. And they get just enough scoring from the rest of the team to score 131 points. The reason they beat Portland is they were out of gas and it's a bad matchup for Portland. Just a bad matchup. Portland didn't have anybody who could match up with Anthony Davis and nobody who could match up with LeBron. And guess what? The Houston Rockets, I mean, the Houston Rockets, who are up three games to two, suddenly now have Russell Westbrook back. Same thing. Same thing. No, the Houston Rockets to this point, do not, now if they get Russell Westbrook back, they're not injured. And maybe they're in good shape. Although the the Lakers, they got an extra couple days off because of the protests. And now they're going to have an extra couple days off because Houston has one more game. So in terms of conditioning, that's a win for. Matchups, that's a win for. Injuries, relatively even, especially now with Rondo essentially coming back. Doesn't matter how much he'll play or whatever. It's just adding another body that they can throw out there. Like... I don't hate to say I told you so. I love to say I told you so. There are a lot of people, and I've made mistakes in evaluating games and series in the past, but this one was pretty obvious because they had played many times in the regular season. The Lakers averaged 127 a game. And so, yeah, you give Portland a shooter's chance. Hey, if they have a game where they make everything, the Lakers miss everything, they can win. That's what happened in game one. Portland didn't play particularly well, hung around, hung around, hit a couple shots late. Lakers couldn't make shots. They steal game one. But the rest of the series, that's why you have a seven-game series. So the better team ends up moving on. In this case, the better team is clearly the Lakers. Not just because they're a one seed, but because the matchup really favored them. The matchup, the conditioning, the injuries are, are, are now a wash as you get ready for the Houston Rockets. The Rockets are not built to guard somebody like Anthony Davis and not really built to guard somebody like LeBron James. The only place that changes is once you get to the Clippers who are built with Kawhi, with Paul George, those two guys to match up with LeBron. So I I find it to be I find it to be fascinating how many people took that bait hook line sinker and didn't realize go through the teams that Portland played against in order to get into the bubble. I mean, get into the playoffs from the bubble. I go through them. I mean, the Grizzlies, they had to beat, and they barely survived, but the the Grizzlies are super young, right? They didn't have uh, Jaron Jackson. The Nets are playing a bunch of dudes. Half of them were in the the G League. Uh, They played the Mavericks, and I 
think Luca sat that game. You know, the 76ers didn't have Ben Simmons. I mean, kind of go through the go through all the teams they played and especially the last three that they needed to beat in order to get into the playoffs. 76ers, no Simmons. Mavericks, I believe the Mavericks were uh, didn't play all their dudes, right? Luka played like 25 minutes in that game. And 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 the Nets, of course, had you know without four starters. The same people that told you the Lakers were going to lose were the same people that told you Melo is awesome. The whole league missed on him. Did you hear that? Have you heard that? I can't believe the whole league missed on. No, they didn't. Basketball, last time I checked, there's 94 feet in the court. You don't get to not count. There's there. I've yet to find a rule that says like, hey, we're not going to count those other 47 feet. We're just going to play half court offense only. This is not women's three on uh, six on six basketball. Do you guys know there used to be uh, high schools in the country that would play six on six girls basketball? Yeah, there's three on offense all times, three on defense all times. And you get the ball, you get a rebound. Can you imagine being all-time defense? How bad that would suck? Oh, she's a great defender. That yeah, she never gets to shoot the ball. Like you literally could average zero points a game, and play the entire game. Doesn't work that way. Same people that told you Mello is awesome are the same people that predicted the Lakers would lose, and neither happened. Yeah, Mello can score. No one's ever said he couldn't. He's just not efficient at scoring. He's, there's some similarities there to Leonard Fournette, right? Guys from a foregone era where posting up in mid-range no longer truly needed. And if you're going to be a below-average defender, you better be your team's best player, and he is not. And between his defense and Lillard's defense... There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And McCollum's defense and Nurkic's defense, they just got crushed. They're a terrible defensive team combined with a bad matchup, combined with the fact that they had no juice in the tank, and the Lakers dominated them. Now, fast forward to the Houston Rockets, who are a game away from playing them. Houston a good defensive team? I know they've played some good defense in the bubble. Are they a good defensive team? No. Is this a good matchup for Houston? No. Are they going to be rested? No. Outside of that, Mrs. Lincoln, how's the show? Like we, we, we do this thing. We're like, man, I kind of like the Rockets. Playing small ball, shooting a bunch of threes. Did you guys see game five? Was it game five? Uh, game four against the Thunder when they missed all those threes? He shot 58 threes. Like, and they couldn't get to the free throw line? Yeah, of course. Why? Because of the Houston Rockets. This is who they are. They're fully committed to who they are. They know who they are. And we also know how this ends up. They'll, they'll get a game. There'll be a game in which they make 25 of 50. They will. You know, P.J. Tucker will bury some from the corner. They'll be super physical. LeBron won't kind of be into it. It'll look like you know, there are nights in which he looks like his body's kind of fighting him. Right? 
Kuzma will be Kuzma just jacking up bad shots, driving with his head down to the rim, all of those things. They'll get a game. But NBA series are decided based upon injuries and health. Lakers are healthy. Conditioning, Rockets should be gassed. And most importantly, matchups. It was a bad matchup for the Rockets. One more herd? The herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. And we're live here outside the Perez family home just waiting for the... And there they go. Almost on time this morning. Mom is coming out the front door strong with a double arm kid carry. Looks like dad has the bags. Daughter is bringing up the rear. But the diaper bag wasn't closed. Diapers and toys are everywhere. Ooh, but mom has just nailed the perfect car seat buckle for the toddler. And now the eldest daughter, who looks to be about nine or ten, has secured herself in the booster seat. Dad zips the bag closed, and they're off. Ah, but looks like mom doesn't realize her coffee cup is still on the roof of the car. And there it goes. Oh, that's a shame. That mug was a fam favorite. Don't sweat the small stuff. Just nail the big stuff. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. If I could be you. And you could be me. For just one hour. If you could find a way. To get inside. Each other's mind. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. We've all felt left out. And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Walk a mile in my shoes. But Derwin James, who many people thought had a chance to be defensive player of the year, he's a first-team All-Pro as a rookie, is going to be out for an undetermined amount of time for the Chargers. I... Albert Breer joins us from the MMQB. I know the Chargers aren't front and center of most football fans' minds a week and a half out from the season, but for some somebody like you who knows this league, who talks to everybody in this league, how big an injury is that? It's a huge injury, Doug. I, you know, it's a shame too. And, and I, you know, when he fell in the draft a couple of years ago, you know, you continually got the question, you know, what's wrong with him and. Why did so many teams pass him? This is why. Um, he was excellent as a freshman at Florida State. Had a devastating injury his sophomore year. Came back his junior year. Wasn't quite the same. Um, and there were teams where about his style of play and his durability and whether or not the injury issues would resurface. And so, I mean, you know, he's another worldly talent. Like, But, you know, a huge part of the reason why oh, teams were less comfortable taking him in the top 15 picks was because of this. Um, and it's a huge blow for the Chargers. You know, there's just they're um, if you if you look at their front line talent and the guys that they have, you know, from Joey Bosa to Melvin Ingram to Denzel Perriman to you know on the back end of the defense, Casey Hayward, 
um, and Derwin James. And then on offense, Hunter Henry, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, like Austin. They got dudes. They got dudes. They've got they've got a ton of dudes. Yeah. And this is but this has been the problem for them, right? Like if you want to go back and look, look, like it's over the last three or four years, for one reason or another, they consistently get hit with the injury bug, and so. Really unfortunate, you know. Like I said, you, you feel awful for the kid because he has a chance to be a really special player. Um, but there's also the acknowledgement there that's sort of what you—that's the, the, the those are the dice you rolled um, when you drafted him, where you drafted him. Um, and you know, for the team itself, of course, it's just—I mean—they've been snake bitten by this sort of thing over the last few years. The Jacksonville Jaguars released Leonard Fournette. This uh, Yannick Ngakwe was traded to the Vikings, but let me start with Fournette. Yep. Um, look, they declined his fifth-year option. They'd had some trouble with his, you know, with his personality, but he did run for eleven hundred yards and he did catch seventy-six balls last year. Why release him? Yeah, I just think that this is, in part at least, a, a total rebuild and. They're going young. They got two first round picks in the building now, and CJ Henderson and and Caleb on um, Chase on. Um, this is going to be a multi year process. Um, you know, pulling themselves up off the canvas. That team that they had a couple of years ago that made the AFC title game. I mean, almost every major player from that team is gone. Um, and I can tell you, going back to April, you know, I had other teams saying to me, "Keep an eye on Jacksonville. They're the Trevor Lawrence team." You know, and that they were going to sort of you know, spend 2020 retooling and be in the quarterback market in 2021. And so, you know, a lot of this lines up. And I think, you know, when you look at a player like Leonard Fournette, if you are going to have a younger team and you are going to have, um, and, and this is going to be sort of, you know, a different mental type season for a lot of your younger players, you want to have the right environment there. And for better or worse, there's a lot of, a lot of water under the bridge with Leonard Fournette. And so, you know, I think for Doug Marone, what he's trying to establish there, um, not just for this year, but for the future. Culture. And then trying to convince and just trying to convince the cons to keep him beyond this year. Um, you know, culture is a big part of that, like you said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, look, Ngakwe took $6 million less. I'm sure he didn't want, but they also wanted him, wanted to get rid of him, would do anything to, that's why they did, you know, it's a second and a fifth. It could be a fourth. It probably won't be a third. And I understand that Ngakwe had to take less money in order to get out. But it's kind of the same thing, right? They want guys who want yeah. to be there, right? And, and and like, 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 I think if you're realistic with yourself, and I think the guys there are trying to be realistic with themselves, they're not winning 11 games this year. <laughs> you know, like they're not going to the playoffs this year. And so, you know, if, if you're honest with yourself about that, what what's the priority? The priority is we need the right environment to to have our young guys develop. So maybe when we do, you know, get another quarterback in here in 2021, we've got something around him. And so for guys like DJ Chark, who, you know, really broke out last year, um, for, you know, younger guys on the defense like Chase on, like Josh Allen, um, like C.J. Henderson, you know, I think your goal really becomes after Jacksonville, how do we put those guys in the best environment to develop? You know, so if we do draft a quarterback next year, they're walking into a good environment with ascending young talent. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's, you know, coming to um, reckon with the fact that if you've got a couple of guys that are at their end, end of their rookie deals, and Yannick and Gakwe and Leonard Fournette are, and they're disgruntled, those guys can mess with the sort of environment you might want to build for those young players to develop it. 
Doug Gottlieb, Doug Gottlieb in for Colin. This is The Herd here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay, I, I, I wanted to run this by you, and I, I thought it was, was kind of interesting. Um, you know, you have a guy who I, I think history is going to look back and say he was one of the best safeties, I don't know, of, of, I don't think of, of all time, but a legit, you know, Hall of Fame caliber safety who gets cut by the Ravens, right? And, uh, you know, but when you get cut by your own teammates, Earl Thomas is sitting out there, and he may want to be with the Cowboys. Is he toxic right now? Not because it ended poorly in Baltimore, but because of the people who pushed him out were actually his teammates, not the team. Yeah, and, and Earl Thomas is used to making a lot of money. I wouldn't underrate that piece of it either. Um, you know, he made uh, you know $14 million a year in, in Baltimore, um, in Seattle all those years. He was making over 10 a year. Um, this guy's a guy who's been, you know, gotten really used to making eight figures over the last half decade. And so sometimes with guys like that, you know, it can, come, it can be a little tough to come to grips with the fact that you're not going to see that money again, you know, especially when you are on the doorstep of making another $10 million as he was this year. And so, you know, I think he's sort of at the phase of his career now where because all this stuff happened and because, I mean, let's be honest about it, Doug, he blew his way out of two really good places. Right. Like, it's not like, it's not like this was the Jaguars he was running himself out of. You know what I mean? Like, he ran himself off the team in Seattle and in Baltimore, and those are two teams that have won Super Bowls over the last decade um, and are two of the most stable places in the league. So I think if you're another team, you sort of shift him from the bucket where a couple of years ago he was a guy you were willing to buy high on. Teams now looking at him are going to want to buy low on him, and they're going to want to say, okay, we'll give you, we'll bring you in here, but we're going to do it for low money, and we're going to retain the ability to cut the cord if we have to. I think that's what a team like Dallas would look at it was if, you know, if all of a sudden now he's available for a couple million and you retain that ability to get rid of him if there's trouble. Um, because, as you know, that's a totally different dynamic. You know, like where he was in Baltimore with guaranteed money he had and how much he was making and how much he had made over the last year, he had real leverage in that organization. Um, you know, I, I think teams probably be scared to give him that, that sort of leverage again which means he's going to have to adjust his financial expectations if he wants back in a good situation in the league. Albert Breer, the MMQB, joining us. Doug Gottlieb in for Colin. This is the Herd on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app, and, of course, on SiriusXM as well. Welcome in. Um, uh, I, I'm th- This one to me is, I, I guess, maybe more per- personally interesting, but I, not as personally interesting, but it's I think it's interesting in the grand scheme of things. We're watching the NBA and how they took a couple days off. They postponed games uh, because of the protest over what happened in Milwaukee. Russell Wilson came out last week and said, hey, if there was a game this weekend, I don't think we'd be playing. I, I don't know yeah. if he speaks for the for the Seahawks. What what are the expectations from the league in terms of protest as we are about a week and a half away from kickoff in Kansas City? Well, I think we're going to see demonstrations. Um, like, I, I think that that's almost a given. Um, that we'll see demonstrations from players, you know, at least for week one. Um, now, whether or not that extends to any sort of boycott, uh, I think it's going to depend on a couple things. Um, and I don't think it's likely right now, but I think a couple things could affect it. Um, number one is 
what happens in the country. That's simple, right? Like, so what Russell Wilson's saying is, well, if we had to go on the field and play a game in the immediate aftermath of what happened with Jacob Blake, then maybe we would do it. Well, you know, right now as it stands, we don't know if they're going to be asked to do that. Like, we don't know if something else is going to happen over the next week and a half, which is sort of the way 2020 has gone in general. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, I think if anything, if anything were to happen, um, and God help us all, like, I hope nothing happens. Sure. But if something were to happen next week, you know, obviously that could affect us. The second thing is owner involvement. Um, you know, and I think that that's something that, you know, we've started to see owners get a little more vocal. I don't know if you saw the stuff Jeffrey Lurie said yesterday, but that was pretty strong. And, um, you know, I think, you know, what players are looking for now, they've got the financial commitment. I think they want the owners to get the trenches with them. I think they, they want the owners to talk with them. You know, I think they want to have that audience. And I think that they want the players, the owners, to be a little more hands-on with their efforts in these areas. Um, and so, you know, I think that's the other part of it is that if you don't get owner involvement, then that could wind up pissing off a few of the wrong guys. And you know how these things go. A few of the wrong guys get upset. And now all of a sudden, one thing leads to another and we get a lot of guys upset. You yeah, know? So, I I, think those I, so, so when you say you want the owners to talk to them, about what? I know. I mean, like, like just give them an audience. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's and, – and I, you know what? One of the real positive things, Doug, of, of the last – about the last um, – about what's happened last week was I think we did start to see actionable items, you know. Um, you know, Frank Wright got in front of his team. Uh, this would have been on Thursday morning. And he was approached by the – you know, their social action committee – on Wednesday night, Jacoby Brissett was a big part of that. On Thursday morning, they show back up, and 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 Frank Reich basically says, like, listen, like, I, you know, yeah, like, like as white people, we, you know, we uh, we like to talk about these things when it's convenient, and black people don't have that luxury. Um, and you know, just saying something like that, recognizing, you know, recognizing that, I feel like a long way with the players, and they were able to that day work for five or six hours with the player development people and come up with different plans that are actionable. And so and I think like seeing owner participation in those sorts of things would go a long way. Um, I think as much as anything else, and I know this is sort of an abstract thing, but I think that the players want the, want to know that the owners have their back. And, um, you know, I certainly think that the Eagles players probably felt that way after, after what Jeffrey Lurie said yesterday. And uh, it'll be interesting to see, if we see a little more of that, if owners are a little bit more vocal than they've been in the past. It's, it it will, will be interesting to see, um, yeah, especially the Dallas Cowboys, you know, right? I mean, yeah. Jerry Jones and his relationship <laughs> yeah. with, I mean, with I the president. I mean, I about Jerry, though, Doug. I mean, like, he – guys who've played there love him. I mean, and, and I know. No, I, I, think, I think Albert, Albert, that's the, that's the thing. Like, th- this is the, this is the part, that, the hard part of the discussion that people are going to have to wrap their heads around. Like, you can be a good, you can be a good dude and not agree politically, right? Yeah. You can be a bad, you can be a bad guy and agree politically. But you, you can't. Yeah. Wa- I don't believe you can walk into a discussion if you're forget about an NFL player, an NBA player, if you're any human being. And make it up in your mind that if somebody doesn't agree with my political views, and well, that's the problem, you, right? Because I I heard yeah. that I heard that on on ESPN last week. Like, can we can we dictate who's owning the NBA based upon their political affiliation? Like, no, that's that's not the spirit of right. of of what we're doing here as a democracy, right? I don't right. have to agree with you, but as long as you're not impinging on my civil rights, so I think that's the that's the that's the slippery slope that players can't walk into. If they want a dialogue, great. 
But if they want to determine who you're going to politically back, that you're asking something right. that that actually is not what we're actually about as a country. No, and I and I look, I agree with that. I, I just think, and and <laughs> I guess we could get in a larger discussion of our, of where our country is. But I think like the inability of people to talk with people that don't agree with them politically is a huge problem in our country in general. And that's one of the great things about a lot of these football teams is that it does bring back bring together guys who are from vastly different backgrounds, those different socioeconomic circumstances, different races, um, all of that, you know? And I, I think being able to have honest, frank conversations, which I think did happen in a lot of these buildings between coaches and players at the very least over the course of the last, um, over the course of the last week and people feeling open. And I think the, the, one of the biggest keys in all of this is having talked to some guys who were in these situations last week. I think just the, the guys feeling free to speak openly, you know, I think is a huge part of it too. Um, that's how you really get somewhere. You don't get somewhere by standing in front of a room and telling somebody, you know, what to think you get in front of you, 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 you get somewhere by, you're having open dialogue and everybody saying, you know, everybody expressing how they feel and then, you know, finding a way to come to solutions on certain things. And again, like, I think that that's like, I, I look at the Colts and they had a four point plan coming out of it. You know what the Ravens did with their statement. Um, there were, you know, some situations there where, you know, everybody sat down and got together and they were able to put together um, plans that made sense that actually we're moving the ball forward, which I think is a criticism of a lot of players to this thing is that, you know, okay, well now what? Well, you know, now certain teams are giving you an answer to that question. Albert, great stuff, man. Uh, last thing I saw, there's a CDC uh, report out there that 94% of people who died from COVID had comorbidities, uh, mor- yeah. right? And I, I, and maybe it's because of the protests. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe it's because we have college football on TV, but I feel like the COVID thing got really quiet now for a week or so. What are NFL teams saying about the challenges of getting ready for a season uh, with COVID-19 out there? They're cautiously optimistic. I mean, like, look, the results that they've gotten to this point have been outstanding. Um, you know, they had the the false positives uh, a week ago, and, and I think that that gave them, like, a good real-life fire drill. Because that even happened on Sunday. You know what I mean? Like, so they were, you know, they've been able to sort of see what it might look like if there were an outbreak, and that gave them a chance to kind of go through, you know, all the different things that they would need to go through if it did happen. Um, you know, and I and I, I think if you look at the results, I mean, I they, they've got four guys in the COVID list in, across the entire league, and that's actually up from a couple of days ago. It was at one at one point. And among 2,600 players, I don't know how you could argue that's not outstanding. Now, outstanding, yeah. there are going to be different, like there are going to be different things introduced into the environment. Like all of a sudden, here in a week, guys' work days are going to get a little shorter because they're not going to be in training camp anymore, and that means they're going to be out and about a little bit more. So, who are they around? And you know, their kids are going to go back to school. You know, coaches' wives are going to go back to work. There are all these different things that are going to get introduced into the environment. But I mean, I the one thing I've learned. I mean, daily testing is so important, and being able to test every day has allowed them to contain it. Um, and, you know, I think as a result, because this is working, now you're getting increased buy-in from everybody. Um, so, you know, a lot of it's going to come down to whether or not, you know, people let, let their guard down. But I think the NFL is showing that it can work. And here's the other thing, Doug. I would say this, 
there's a large section of the population that believes football would be a super spreader, right? Do we have any evidence of that? No. I mean, at college, high school, now you have cases, just like you do in the general public. But is there any evidence that football has been like a, you know, been like, you know, some sort of tinderbox for this thing? I don't think so. I mean, it seems to me at least like, you know, I mean, the NFL teams have had their pads on for three weeks. I saw saw more 11-on-11 play than I've ever seen um, in training camp, going all the way back to when the rules changed in 2011. And, you know, yet there's not this, there's there's not any sort of massive outbreak of the, the virus. I think the NFL is telling right now, you know, with science and the coaches and the players and everybody in those, in those buildings, it can be done. Albert, great stuff, man. Can't wait for football. It's a week from Thursday, and I know you'll be all over it until then. The MMQB's website, check them out on social media as well. Albert, thanks so much for joining us. All right, thanks, Doug. Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more. Surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.